judgment is like a fog in your eyes. If you have a fog in your eyes, you simply cannot see. You cannot see the reality. You cannot see what's happening. Welcome to Let's Get Proximate, the podcast that explores the stories, experiences, and challenges of others so we can learn to innovate, create, and collaborate with lived experiences different from our own. Join host Alex Allen and Callie McKee as they explore the power in proximity, leveraging the value of meaningful interactions and insights to disrupt false narratives and foster understanding that leads to real and lasting transformation. Let's dive into the latest episode and learn more about creating an inclusive future for all. This episode is brought to you by Cisco, an industry leader in technology innovations and solutions. With networking, security, collaboration, cloud management, and more, Cisco helps securely connect industries and communities, creating the bridge to possible. Find out more at www.cisco.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Alex Allen to the Let's Get Proximate podcast. I cannot wait until we get into a conversation with our guest today. To begin, I'm a Black man. I have short Black hair. I'm wearing a Thousand Eyes green t-shirt with an orange writing on it. And I'm the senior director for people and communities within Cisco. And I'm joined here by Callie McKee. Hey, Alex. I'm so excited for our conversation today, y'all. We're back together again. Alex, we've been doing some podcasts on our own. So I'll just say hello, um, Callie McKee. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a middle-aged white woman with brown hair with some gray, proudly sporting some gray streaks. I'm wearing a blazer with my Cisco pride pin on it today. And I've got a beautiful backgrounds here sitting at a lake up in Michigan. So excited for our conversation today. We love you at the Lake Cali. And a huge thank you to our 1X customer experience and partner engineering organization for sponsoring this podcast. And as always, Callie's done some on her own. I've done some on my own and we're back together this time. In this podcast, we're going to do a deep dive into getting proximate. We're going to talk about our approach to conversations across difference. And we're going to meet a ton of great people and learn about their lived experiences. And today, we're going to have our very special guest, my personal friend, Learcio Albuquerque. And I'm going to read his bio first, but Learcio, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Learcio is the vice president for Cisco Latam leading the company strategy to foster in innovation and digitization across the region, supported by the local team and the customer partner ecosystem. He is focused on delivering positive outcomes for customers, government, and society, helping them to solve problems, improve their productivity in businesses, and empower a more inclusive world through the use of technology. One other point about Liercio, he has been working in the technology sector for 35 years and has held many significant leadership positions in technology, industry in Brazil and Latin America. He started his career as an office boy and now at 14 years old, followed by other positions within other organizations. He moved then to software development world, working in CA Technologies, where he spent 20 years Learcio has been at Cisco for six years, and prior to talking, taking the lead of the Latin American organization, he was Cisco's Brazil country manager. And that's just a portion of what Learcio has been able to do in his short time at Cisco. 
the reason why I wanted to invite Liercio to this podcast today is that Liercio has been a personal friend of mine. Liercio, we've known each other for a few years. He was really one of the first leaders globally to really live the proximity initiative. And Liercio is going to talk to us today about his proximity journey and his personal journey really on how he's been able to get proximate, not only with other people, but also with himself. And so Liercio, welcome to the podcast and please introduce yourself. Wow. Thank you very much for this great introduction. I should record that and show that to my mom. Wow. So I was feeling he almost crying. So I had to dry my tears here. Thank you, Alex. So yeah. actually, it's such a pleasure to be here. So as you said, Lyra, so character vice president for CSCO Latin America. Here, we have not even started yet in being here with Alex. And Kelly has been like a so exciting, so exciting few years here. I am here. I'm a white man. Today, I'm using a fancy jacket here with a shirt and temporarily using a beard as well. I'm a man and I am from Brazil, from Latin America, so I'm a Latino. And here I am to help you with anything and such a pleasure to share whatever I have in my heart with you guys. And actually, just giving back to you, Alex, I also consider you and Kelly great friends. So I'm always nervous to talk to the people, always nervous to make any kind of a recording like this one. But if there is a place that I'm not nervous at all because I can feel that I have been very well received, it's here. So thank you very much for the honor to be here with you guys. So thank you. Our pleasure. Are you ready to give approximately, Ercio? I am. So our first question, I would love our audience to hear your personal story, a little bit about how you grew up, how you became the person you are today, and who were some of your early influences? And I know that's a long question, but how about your story and how you grew up? Well, now of course, stay here for hours and hours to tell a little bit about my story. Because I love my story, I lo- I'm proud of it, I'm proud of my heritage, I'm proud of where I came from, I am proud of my parents, that even today that they have no idea what I do. So I was born in a very small city in Brazil, in a place called Bataipora, with Y, very fancy. So it's a city that has 10,000 inhabitants. And it was 10,000 when I was born, and they still have only 10,000. So you see that. It's not growing that much, so. but it's the city of my heart. And actually, next week, I'll be the pleasure to be there again and visiting my roots. And I do that every year so I can remember always. I think that all of us, no matter where you came from, if you forget your roots, you will lose everything in your life. So for me, it's like being there. It's important. I was born in a wood house, not in a hospital. So I was or in 1970, we had hospitals already everywhere, but not in the city where I came from. So a midwife brought me into life. My mom and dad, they are absolutely my heroes. They never went to school. So they just went to school to learn how to read and write. So they knew how to read and write. My dad is not here anymore. My mom is still here. So I'm still proud of her and for, you know, proud of him as well, because they didn't know what they were doing to give a better life to their children, me and three brothers. So, but now they see what's happening and then they can know, oh, I think it's worth 
what we, and I think that who I am, a lot came from them. So they didn't have money. So we had a lot of things that we shared difficulties in the past since my, the beginning. So, but they always gave me the character. So everything that I was built over, it's wrong. So I think when you have that from your parents, you can't have everything else. So that's why I'm so proud of them and who I am today to God and also to them. So it's very important to me. So I had a, I started working very early, so much before I could start the introduction that I was an office boy. An office boy actually was my first formal job. So since the beginning, we tried to help at house. My parents, they came from Bataipuran to Sao Paulo, the big city, to try to give a better life to their children. So they did everything they could to give a better life to us. And they did it. They were winners. So I was like, I had the chance to be to catching paper and cans on the streets to sell later. So it was some of the things that I did, me and my little brother for a long time. Then I had the chance to work for two years as a bellboy in the tennis courts of life, always trying to get some money to try to help at home. And when I was 14, I had the chance to be an office boy. You know, and it was in front of an office boy when I was 16, I had the chance to move to, to technology. But technology is a fancy name that I use today. At that time, it was whatever computers or I remember that when I changed my job for to be an intern in a company, it was a great chance, a great opportunity that I had. And I was asking my father and, hey, daddy, I have an opportunity here. And so maybe I'll leave my job as an office boy to be now an intern. But I will work with computers and blah, 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 blah. And my dad looked to me and said, hey, son, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I can see that your eyes are bright. And so please follow the bright, the light on your eyes. And I promise you that you will always have what to wear and what to eat. So just follow it. And he had no idea the power of that advice. And so here I am today. So and I think that he taught me maybe a little bit about the talk that we're talking today. You have to respect and to treat everyone as the same, no matter what title or how much money they have in their pocket. That doesn't care. It doesn't matter. So we are all people and learn how to love and respect each other, no matter who they are. And you are just equal as everyone. Never allow anyone to tell you that you don't deserve it. Never allow anyone to tell you that you cannot get there because of who you are or where you came from. Never forget that. So I could speak for hours, Alex. I was talk here for a while because otherwise I get so emotioned and excited about this. So, Oh, I love that. I was going to say thank you so much and I'll pass it to Callie for the next. And I'm just... Lierce, I'm going back to, I can see that your eyes are bright. Like what a beautiful gift. I can see that your eyes are bright. I love giving the shout out to your parents and talking about some of those things. I also think names are really important. So would you give a shout out to your mom and your dad? I know your dad has passed and tell us their names and let's just speak it into the universe here and give them some love. My dad is not here anymore. So his name is Anisio. It's a very different name. And my mom came from Portugal when she was five. Her name is Deonilde. She came from Portugal when she was five in a ship for 13 nights, came from there. One of us, not me. So when we see our story, say, wow, we are so blessed. 
Look at how these stars had to get connected in order for you to be here today. This is such an amazing. And so, and they prove it to me that wisdom doesn't matter of where you studied, no matter the level of the university that you did it or the college that you did it or the PhD or whatever title that you have in your CV or in your LinkedIn, but the wisdom can come with our lives. So all the wisdom that they gave me is because of their lives, their suffered lives, because there's a lot of suffering in all the story, a lot. So I could tell a lot of them here. So the wisdom that they gave to me and my brothers here for, it was like everything that we needed. And they received that from to us. It's so important. And I love that you talk about the shoulders on which you stand. I love that you talk about returning to your roots. So going back to the town in which you were born to connect with that. As you think about your career, I already see so many lessons that you know articulate every day. As you think about your career and the leader you've become, what are some of those things that, you know, because of how you grew up, because of the influences you had, because of your culture, that you think really informs how you lead today or how you collaborate or innovate today? I think the many things that we see what comes to mind in heart here. First of all, I think people, when they are born, I think God gave them like a ship that they can recognize who has been authentic and who has not. So they can see the authenticity, if you are genuine or not. So when you treat people with authenticity, with generality, when you don't try to put a mask on yourself every single day, it's so easy to put a mask on the other side of the screen because of the technology that you have today. But a mask, it's heavy. So if you use an avatar or you try to be a person that you are not, that's so bad. That causes so much stress. So when you see the technology today and everything in the social media, it's so easy to try to be someone that you are not because the technology allows you to do that, but that kills you. Along the time, the problems that you have with mental health may be. So it's so much pleasant to be absolutely who you are. So I am proud of my culture. Yes, we are from Latin America. And yes, we are proud. Yes, we are make parties. We are excited. Yes, we are. So we have our food. We have our different people, different languages. We don't speak English as our first language in our cultures. That's true. And so what? We are who we are, but we can make the best. We can be the best because our culture do not define who you are, but not, do not define where you can get, where you can achieve in your life. So I think that you are, when you learn how to take your eyes out of yourself and put your eyes on the other people, magic happens. Magic happens. So I've never been the most intelligent person in a university and in the college. I've never been the most intelligent person on the classes. My grades have not been the best of the best, but people helped me to be here. So I have a huge gratitude for everyone that opened the doors for me. And I think that I learned how to take advantage or how to take the opportunities because it's about opportunities. I'm not the one. I'm not so special. I just took every single opportunity and I worked very hard. I worked very hard as many of us here. So to work very hard and do not allow anyone. So that's how I lead. So I'm not a better leader, good leader. I don't know. I'm just a leader. So I'm just a leader. But all of us are a leader somewhere. 
So in the school or church or in the society or in the club, everyone is a leader. So everyone is leading with people. So when you take your eyes out of yourself and put in the other people, magic happens and people will help you to get there. So I'm here because people helped me to be here. And that's why it's so good to give back. So and there is a human being on the other side of the screen, on the other side of the wire, or even if you're talking to people in person, there is someone within a soul there. It's not just tied toward not just a number in a spreadsheet. So just treat people. It's all about people. All about people. You know, Laercia, I heard somebody one time say, I'm not self-made, I'm community-made. And I don't think anybody's articulated that quite for me as well as you just talked about, like your community-made your culture made. It's from the folks who raised you, from the place you were raised. And what I want folks to hear from that too is that what we're not talking about, we talk about diversity and inclusion, it's not succeeding in spite. It's celebrating and recognizing those things that make folks have their unique experiences. And I love that you celebrate that so authentically. We could talk about this forever. Alex, let's take us to our next question for Liercio, because I suspect we will keep following up with these questions. 100%. 100%. Thank you, Liercio. And thank you, Callie. That's awesome. I want to build on something you mentioned around your culture, about your lived experience and how things have shaped you. I would love to know what you are most aware of and why. In your experience, what are the most impactful barriers to an inclusive culture from your perspective? And the reason why I want to ask you that question is you talked about being authentic and you were one of the most authentic people I know, right? And so you inspired me to be authentic and really to take my mask off, right? And really be who I am. Let's talk about some of those barriers to being able to do that. And what are some that you face either in your experience in the past or even now? Thank you, Alex. So the first part of the question, one of them I'm aware of, for example, I am aware about that English is not my first language. It's not my native language. So that has been here for me for years. So I started learning English when on my own, I was 25 or so. So that's when I started learning some word in English. So my children, 11 and 7, they speak English much better than I do today. So that was something that I'm aware of. Unfortunately, so just talking about the nowadays, I work in a company that is so inclusive. So I am part of Rachel's SLG. For example, I'm the only one who does not have English as a first language. So, but they treat me so well. They make me feel so included. So every time I ask Larry, did you get that? Can you have that? Do you don't? So I thought it's, uh, so, I mean, that's so important. And then I know that like me, a thousand millions of other people feel the same. So it's so hard to raise your hand to make a question because you don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to use the wrong words. You don't want to this and that. And of course, we all have an ego. It's an ego. Ego is part of, of us. Maybe it can be bad. Maybe it can be worse or not. But it's like, it is what it is. So when you learn, but it, the good sides of that. So the good sides that I speak one language 100%, which is Portuguese. And then I speak English and Spanish 80 or maybe 85%. So it's more than most of the people in this planet. It's like three, so it's okay. Let's be proud of our accent. Because if I have an accent, it's because I speak more than one language. So it's okay to try. But your ego is always there. So it is about you. Because sometimes you are, for example, until today, basically I cannot understand the jokes when I'm in the middle of the conversation and people start laughing. I say, oh my God, I would love to be laughing as well. I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. So that happens. So it's one of the things that happened maybe to me, but more and more 
when you face the challenges in your life. So smile is in smile in any language. So you can face, if you make your smile bigger than your challenges, you won. You will win. Like defeat the challenge. So it is really, if the challenges grow even more, make your smile bigger than your challenge and you crush, you will win. So that's how it should be in your life. So I would say, Alex, the biggest, that's to be inclusive, to understand the other ones, to really be in the other one's shoes, really. Not because the book says or because the methodology says, because it's really to try to be empathic with the others, try to be in the other one's shoes. And I think that what blocks the work, but maybe what avoids the places to be more inclusive or more diverse, not only in the job, not only in the corporation, but in our lives, is the judgment. It's horrible. Judgment is like a fog in your eyes. If you have a fog in your eyes, you simply cannot see. You cannot see the reality. You cannot see what's happening. If you think that you are listening, but you are adding, while your other person is speaking, you are putting a turn of judgment in everything. If you have your bias, conscious or unconsciousness, that kills you. You will never be someone who really leverage the inclusion. If you have judgment, you need to clear that from your eyes. You need to, if you want to see clear, remove judgment from your brain, from your mind, and then you can see. You can see, you can read the soul, the soul in other ones. Body, if you remove the bias, remove the judgment for your life. So I think that's one of the things that blocks the most. And we still have like the, let's say, the false inclusion. But see, I have to be inclusive because today everyone is talking about that. So I have to be inclusive. Oh, and have to be a little bit diverse. So let me make one or two things to put on my LinkedIn. They want supporting this and I'm supporting that. Oh, let me coordinate one event here so I can put that. I have coordinated and been here. This is bullshit. So if you just care about the other person, you don't need to worry about that. So just try to receive the other one, try to understand the other one. So I think the pandemic helped us. I thought that I was an empathic person, but I noticed that I was not that much. So the pandemic helped me to know, oh, Laerso, you need to look a lot. I was actually, I was a little bit not proud of myself the way that I was pre-pandemic, really. I think pandemic taught me a lot about who is really on the other side. You think that in the other side of the screen, it's just one, you know, the computer is just one person that needs to give you the results. They have to give the results, but I have no idea the millions of other things that is happening in other one's life, especially depending on who the person is, the chance that they face with identity, the chance that they face with their selections in life or color or whatever. So we have so many others. So I'll stop, Alex, because Latinos are famous to speak a lot. So we speak a lot. So. You're saying so many great things that we're just captivated. Before we go to Sally's next question, I have one little itty bitty follow-up question. You said that you were not happy with yourself pre-pandemic. Why is that? And can you share a little bit more about that? I can. I'll try to get one line into it too, because I have many lines of thoughts to share with you. But maybe I was the one waking 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. I was not sleeping much. I was sending messages to my team and I was looking, who's the first one that will answer my message? 
this is stupid, but I was doing that. I was proud of myself to say that I was working on a Saturday or Sunday because I'm the one. So yeah. So it's very easy to do that. So just pushing and pushing without even. So when we saw that the pandemic was like touching everyone's lives, touching everyone's health, and people were afraid to cry. So if you ask people, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? People start crying. I'm not well. So it's like, so this is why when you ask someone, how are you? Really mean it to ask, how are you? Not because it's just a good morning. So if someone was telling me that, well, I'm attending this meeting because I'm walking with my dog. I don't think that pre-pandemic, I would be like, okay, you are in my meeting, walking with your dog. This is, what do you think I, maybe, but after pandemic, I was during the pandemic for the first time in a hospital because I felt myself with my heart with arrhythmia and I was there in the hospital thinking that, hey doctor, what's happening? So, no, you're going to stay here. No, no, doctor, give me some pills and I'll go home because maybe I, I was just, you didn't understand. Your health burned out. You are here and you're going to stay here because your heart is not working well. So the rhythm of your heart must be fixed. What? And where is the Superman? I am a Superman. So it's very tough when you notice that a superhero cape does not exist. So it's very tough because how can I tell that to my family? How can I tell that to my employees? How can I tell everyone that I'm facing stress? Stress, I think. I thought that stress was things for a week. So not for me, but it was. So and actually I'm facing that much better today, putting your smile bigger zero of challenges. I cannot say that I won. I'm winning. So it's in Jerome's. I'm winning, but not that I won. So it's something that is so I think Alex happened that taught me that you have to listen much more. And understanding that even when someone is doing things that you do not agree or you do not like, take a breath and think something might be happening there. You don't know if the person is walking with his dog while or her dog while in a meeting because the person meets or because the person is about to explode. You don't know. You will never know that just looking to their eyes. So. I learned a lot, Alex, and I still learn. So we are all under construction, so we are still learning. Thank you, Liercio. Callie, next question. This is incredible. Listen, Liercio, there's about 16 things that I could pick up on to kind of ask you about. What I appreciate and why, you know, I know Alex and I were so excited to have you on is the things we talk about with leaders and getting proximate. We talk about the difference between what you talk about is performative activism, right? So posting something on your thing, saying, oh, look at me, I'm doing this. Without the other pieces of it, without the empathy, without the action piece of it, without the learning piece of it, right? And so I think you're demonstrating that. Also demonstrating that willingness to be learning and growing and messing it up and figuring it out looking where we've been and where we need to go. So, you know, your proximity experience, really, that's COVID was really a proximity experience from you is saying, you know, we're not just the work we produce, but we're really, you know, also the people behind that work. But I'd love to hear more about as you continue to get proximate, either 
with the proximity initiative or as you continue to make these connections with folks, what are some other ways you talked about this idea of what you call widening your lens or taking that breath and saying there's something else going on here? What are some of those insights that maybe came as a result of that widening? Thanks, Kelly. And I think there is one, the proximity for me, it was like changing it. So also helping me a lot, Alex, to notice that, oh boy, I thought that I was an empathic person, but I was not that much. So I thought that I know everything, but I didn't know anything. I will try to give one sentence. I have this sentence in my mind for that proves a frog in a well doesn't know the ocean. A frog in a well doesn't know the ocean. So we think that we know everything, but then so the proximity problem helped me to move me from a small lagoon to put me on the ocean and start listening to things that I had absolutely no idea. So when I talk to people different than me, I don't like to say, I never like to say people who are different. There's no different people. They're different than you because we are all different to each other. I am different to others and not. So we are all different to each other because they are a little bit different. They who? So different from whom? From which point of view? Well, what do you mean by different? So we are all different to each other. So helping me to learn more about people. And actually, every conversation that I had, I asked permission to make all the questions. It was a much more selfish conversation for me. Selfish, I mean, in a good way, because I was learning much more than them. And they were, all of them that I talked to, they were so great to me. They allowed me to make all the deep questions. Even the ones that said, can I ask you one question? But if you don't need to, I start asking questions. And I said, oh my gosh, and I thought that I knew about a lot and I didn't know anything. I can tell you many stories for each one of the conversations that I heard, Kelly. So I had one conversation, for example, with someone with disability. And I said, now, I'm very inclusive. So the person is always with me. And we're talking about the difficulties and blah. And certainly the person said, actually, the problem is that the wheelchair, if you see someone with a wheelchair, don't make a Judgment about the person already, Larson? And I said, oh my God. Yes. I never imagined that someone in a real chair is a great engineer. So I almost cried. And I'm almost crying right now. Because that's true. It's unconscious bias, but it's a bias. So you don't know what you don't know when you don't know what you don't know. You don't know. You see that? How can you know what you don't know if you don't know that you don't know? So you need to know that you don't know. Then you can learn what you don't know. So that's the truth. So start learning, open your heart, open your mind, remove the judgment from your eyes and ask questions. Get proximity, get closer. So get closer to people. Learn a little bit about their lives and listen. And not because, oh, I have here 45 minutes. Oh my God, I need to answer in a spreadsheet that I did this and that. Just do it and open, open to learn. So this is one example, but I had another one. With LGBTQI, I had other ones with black people. I was asking questions, how should I call you? What do you think about this and this? Because sometimes I am on a stage and I'm afraid to speak. Because unfortunately, there's missing of love everywhere. If we just love and respect, it would be much easier. But sometimes there's a kind of, I don't know the word in English, militants. 
like fighting. Oh, so sometimes it's better not to share anything. So let's learn. If you learn, it's easier. So I learned a lot, Kelly. So it's helping me to build a better leader for the future. So or for the present, not for the future. So because every single day we are learning something. So I had stories of people with their families. How was the difficulties with the families to make clear publicly who they are? So I listened to stories that I could never imagine, never. So that helped me a lot. So my experience, that's why I mentioned a little bit selfish, because I know that it was an excellent conversation for them as well, but it was much better for me. So it was like, in the end, it was not something that I was doing for them. It was something that I was doing for me. In the end, we helped each other, because I could notice that if you are really transparent, and trying to be someone vulnerable and confessing that you don't know, it's easier. Don't try to be. So vulnerability is something that is a privilege, not leaders must to be vulnerable. No, you must be vulnerable to be a happy person. You must to be vulnerable to be a happy human being, to be a better human being. And as a better person, a better human being, you can be a better leader. Don't try to be vulnerable because I need to be a little bit more vulnerable together now. Just try to be. So it's much easier. So I think that is, so I learned a lot. It was a problem that for me, since my first day, that's when I met Alex because I started giving him some feedback that said, I have no words anymore to give you the feedbacks of all the problem because it's, it was one of the best problems that a frog you know, well, doesn't know the ocean. And the problem helping me to know the ocean, maybe at least a little piece of the ocean because the ocean is much bigger. Thank you for that. Whoa, that's strong, Lear COS, strong. And I feel you are evolving as a leader. I feel it. I feel it. And you've talked about being under construction. And I know you've mentioned all that. And just in the last question, So I'd love to just understand from you, what are some things that you believe are being done differently? What are you expecting from your leaders? What are you expecting of yourself per se, as you're starting to widen your lens and learn more about other people's experiences? How has that shaped you personally? And I know you've saying you're learning, you're learning hundred percent. Is there anything that you could share around what you're doing differently around empathy? Are you more confident? Like what's that next step for you? Do you think? related to your proximity and leadership journey? I don't know, Alex. I just make each day is... In last, last year, I interrupted you. Excuse me very much. It's okay not to know. I don't want you to know. But go ahead. Please continue. Because we won't... It's easier, anyways. If you say the truth all the time, you never need to remember the lies that you said. So it's much easier to say. And actually, when you are... When I say that we are all leaders under construction... It's because it's easier to say, I don't know. Try with your mouth. I don't know. It's not that difficult. I am sorry. It's okay. So try to practice in front of the mirror. It's because it's easier. So I'm going to phase out my life that I think I am more, much more as a leader, not concerned, but if the objective, I have, I don't know the next step, what I know I'm looking for. I don't know who do I want to be or not. But the word about legacy is something that for me, if one day I don't want people to remember, oh, we had a VP, this or a VP or that, or an SVP, maybe one day or whatever, but 
I want people to say, wow, that was a guy that left something to the team. That was a guy where we could learn something. Oh, that was a guy that, that's what I want to. So we all have a, an ego. We all want to grow. So maybe the phase of my life, I'm still, like ego is your worst enemy. So I'm still trying to make, like shaping my ego. So to use it for good and not for the bad. Learn how to accept the things that you don't know and learn how to be a better person to make people happy. So we grew in our life thinking that we have to be successful in order to be happy, but it takes a long time in your life to learn that you must be happy in order to be successful. When you invert that in your life, it's much better. So I really want people to know that. So don't try to be perfect. The perfection is what I am a perfectionist. And I know that as a perfectionist, the same perfectionism that put me here in the position that I have today, this amazing company that is Cisco, is the same perfectionism that took me to the hospital. So everything in your life, you need to find a balance for every absolutely everything that you do. So I just want Alex to be happy. I want to make people happy. That doesn't mean that I don't care. I am a kind of leader that I have my eyes on the results and my heart on the people. That's all. 99% is not 100, period. If you didn't make 100%, you didn't make it. So it's like results are results. It's not, ah, oh, well, it's okay. No, it's not okay. So I have my eyes on the results, but my heart on the people. And that's how you can put all the things together in order to achieve better things mm-hmm. in your life, in your team. So I don't know the answer, Alex. I just trying to be better and accepting that under construction. A leader under construction is something that makes you feel better to grow every single day and people want to help you. If they know, so people, they simply don't care on how much you know. They want to know how much you care. That's it. When they know how much you care, they will help you. And we cannot go anywhere without help. Beautiful. Just like you're saying, just like underlining some of the things you're saying, eyes on the results, hard on the people, eyes on the results, hard on the people. And I think that is the business transformation that we've been talking about across Cisco, right? Balancing those things. I also love what you said about, you know, our bodies sometimes will speak up for us if we're not speaking up for ourselves. So I think that hard arrhythmia that puts you in is that's way of saying, wake up, wake up, Larry, and pay attention to this. And it seems like you've heeded that call. One of the things for those folks listening, I just want you to hear too about what you do with that, Alex. You were talking about what does Learcio do? And by being able to say, I don't know, I'm sorry that happened. Even if I don't understand why you're hurt by that, right? I don't have to understand it. I don't even have to know exactly how it feels to say, I'm sorry you experienced that. So that's something we called holding space, Learcio. And I think that's such a powerful thing and a powerful gift for a leader to give his organization is permission to hold that space to say, I don't know, or I have questions, or I'm going to mess this up, but I'm going to try and I want to try to learn more. So that's a huge learning. And I think that skill is going to be even more important as we work to develop trust with our customers and all of those things. So Alex, there's a million more questions that we could ask Liercio around that. I'll just ask very quickly, you know, as we talk about this from a business perspective, Liercio, we think about our customers. 
know we're talking about our customers a lot. We're talking about the role of purpose in this. You know, what do you think some of these skills or some of these things, these realizations that you learned, how do you think that is connected to the work we're trying to do as a company, as a technology company as a whole? If I understood your question, if I don't answer, you're asking me again, okay? I think that everything that we have learned here lately, especially in, especially with the program proximity and opening your lens and moving from a well to the ocean, customers are made of people. So partners are made of people. There's no partners. There are people that together we are a partner. There are people working together and they are a customer. So what I have learned later with all of this is not helping me with customers or partners. It's helping me with people. So with people everywhere. So it's helping me with people in, the, in my club or in my neighborhood, with people in the church, everywhere. So it's just helping. So of course, that with customers is helping even more because it's helping me to remove the judgment from my eyes. So that's the key. So when more and more you practice removing the judgment from your eyes, better you will be with everyone, with customers and also with partners, because you will find people different than you everywhere. And more you practice, more you practice removing the judgment from your eyes. And you have to understand that it's a decision. It's not a feeling. I don't know if I can experiment. You have your mind and you have your consciousness. So your mind is always trying to cause you bad things. That's the truth. But if you practice your consciousness to remind you, hey, your mind is not right. Hey, to be an alert all the time, you at least said this, oh, I'm not going in the right way. Oh, I'm putting judgment. I'm listening to this person and making think. I can't stop thinking on who this person is. I can't. So I'm thinking about who is this person instead of who is this person tell, telling me. So your consciousness is saying, stop. Get back here. Open your ears. Listen. Open your heart. Listen. Remove your judgment. It's practice. And actually, it's helping me everywhere. So with customer, I have a relationship with customers and partners that is amazing. It's what I like to do the most, is to leverage the relationships, to do business. But it's also, it's not that I need to take care of my team because it's the team that I lead. You need to take care of everyone. You need to take care about people. Not to have the load of the, oh, I, I need to take care, but just treat everyone as who they are, no matter who they are. And if they are different than you, exercise your consciousness to put you back on track. If you practice that in a certain moment, you don't have that judgment anymore in your eyes. Simply that. But you need to accept the truth because if you are having judgment, I don't like this person. I don't like who this person is. I don't like the way that she or he or acts. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I don't like the way that he lives his life. I don't know what. If you start and you accept that, you are in the wrong direction. You say, accept. I'm having the wrong thoughts. I'm not thinking well. Unfortunately, but accept that. Because if you try to, no, 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 I'm a great person. I said, no, accept that. 
then your conscious start. No, let's fix. Let's fix. It's a long journey. So maybe it's a long journey that maybe this journey will be not finished. You'll be continued by your children, the children of your children. You'll be continued by others. Then you need to, if you are not vulnerable enough to accept that, unfortunately, I am within you. I'm having judgment about this person. Unfortunately, talk to yourself, Rashi. Stop with that. Get back. So don't be. Remember that you are also different to many people and people are treating you also. But you need to accept the truth and the truth will make you free. So accept it. So and if you never accepted the truth, you never face freedom. So just accept truth first. Oh, we talk about talking back to your brains, Liercio, and I think you just described that so perfectly. It's like we've got to we've got to bring that back up, ask our brain some questions back when it clouds it with that judgment. Thank you. Alex, do we have time for some rapid fire here at the end? Or? We do. So this is rapid, Liercio. I know you're going to channel that Latino in you, okay? So channel this. This is rapid, okay? I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer it. Then Callie's going to ask you a question. You're going to answer it. Then we're going to go back and forth here. Just ask this Lori. Speak slowly so I can understand the questions. I will. Who is at your kitchen table? With whom do you cry, laugh, share, and process things with? My wife. So she's the woman of my life. I am so blessed to have her in my life. So we've been together for 23 years. She has been my lover, my best friend. I love her even much more than I loved 23 years ago. And she's out of the industry. And so many times when I listen to so many advices from people, when I come to her for the last advice, because sometimes she has advice different than anyone else. And she already put me on thread with my tears in all times. She's strong. She's beautiful. The most beautiful woman that I could see in my life. And so I love her so much. So I mess, I cry, I enjoy, I have pleasure, everything in my life. She's the one that I want to be the rest of my life. Christian. Thank you, Alicia. Oh, I know we're at time. So Alex, maybe I'm going to skip ahead and ask Liercio. I mean, you've given us such great gems. You've given us such great things to think about. I feel my heart is more open. So I'll thank you for that. Is there any last thing you'd like to leave our listeners who are listening to this conversation? Any last thing you want to leave with them as we wrap up our time together? Well, first, thank you very much. And I would say that don't listen to the signs in your life. Just remember there are some prioritization so in your life. So no, I'm not talking about religion. Please do not understand me wrong. So just think. So then have God first family and the rest. Don't try to change the priorities in your life because something will get wrong. You have to have your mind, heart, and soul and body aligned in a direction because if any one of them goes in a different direction, that will put in trouble. So that you put in trouble, maybe in the hospital like me. Understand that you need pauses in your life. You don't need pause when you need pause because you need pulse. So don't wait until you're not a superhero. Take easy to yourself. So you are doing a thousand things at the same time. Some things will not go well. It's okay. Some things will go wrong, but it's okay. Some things will break. I'm sorry. It's okay. Just take it easy to yourself. Take care of you, the loved ones, and understand that everyone was created 
from the same entity. Everyone deserves to be treated in the same way. There is no one better than other. You are not better than anyone. And remember that you are all different to each other. So if you remember that all the time, you will remember that you need to treat everyone with respect and love. I really think that respect, love, authenticity, generality is the things that will change the generations. Mercio, I am so energized and I'm going to close this out here. But what I think you encapsulated the most today is when we think about Cisco's conscious culture, you described that today. And a couple of things that is wrote down was it's a decision, not a feeling and to remove judgment. And so you live your life that way. You've articulated that in this podcast. And I think there's no other example of Cisco's conscious culture than what you described today. And the idea that you're under construction and continuously learning and evolving and widening your lens, you're an inspiration to all of us. And thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you, Callie, for always joining me. Now you all, you all go get proximate. And thank you again. Thank you for your opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Let's Get Proximate podcast powered by Cisco. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Cisco, an industry leader in technology innovations and solutions. With networking, security, collaboration, cloud management, and more, Cisco helps securely connect industries and communities, creating the bridge to possible. Find out more at www.cisco.com.